Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. What does it say when I go to foxnews.com and the top story is about Prince Harry and Meghan and I scroll down to find out about the hot best friends, viral TikTok sensation garners millions of followers. Have we have we lost sight of news altogether or do you have to give people a little bit of everything in order to Grab the biggest audience possible. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. Find everything. TonyKatz.Locals.com. I mean, I understand there are big stories going on uh, everywhere. And, of course, uh, with Joe Biden and these documents. And there's there's a lot more to this story. A lot bigger story to this story. Leland Vittert of News Nation now going to join us in a little bit. How is the media taking this ridiculous slow drip from the White House and the clear obfuscation from Corinne Jean-Pierre and the administration? We'll, we'll get into that in a second on these classified documents found in his offices, found in his home uh, from his time as vice president. But I just thought it was it was interesting that that's the way Fox goes about it and i'm on the cnn site which i I, admittedly i i am rarely on the cnn site and the headline was was about you know uh, i was looking at it through the day failed gop candidate arrested in connection with shootings all right i i I would assume that's something that you could run as a headline even if it's just you know hey let's slam the gop and there's also uh, a conversation about china and and their navy and you know i've been talking about what's going on uh, with, with, with China and, and ways to defeat them. But I see less of the, the culture stuff. Oh, they, they do have a whole entertainment section. Don't, don't get me wrong. But in their headlines, I saw less of the culture stuff. However, when I'm on a site like CNN, um, I see more of the, the woke stuff. They've got this guy, Eric Weir, who is, uh, you know, they're, they're, I guess they're green guy. Green this, green that. We're all going to die. I have got data showing that CO2 levels, uh, uh, or, or I should say uh, uh, warming in general, is, is a hoax because of the last eight years, uh, the globe has cooled. This data from the, from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA. So, all right, I don't have the... Um, more generic kind of low-hanging fruit that might be on Fox. I've got the uh, climate low-hanging fruit over there at, at CS uh, at CNN uh, at MSNBC. Do I do I get the same? I I wonder in a world that looks at news as entertainment whether or not we've lost sight of what is news. And I think that that's a, a logical and rational question. And, and sometimes that gets answered with, well, yeah, we know what news is because we're able to decipher between the two. And if we can, other people can. If we can, other people can. And maybe that's it. But there's no doubt that the entertainment part of it is clear, it, 
here to stay for sure. And it's just lately it's been more, it's been more in my face. And I'm trying to see if that's true from other places because I don't actually see it on the MSNBC and CNN websites. What I see is a lot more political attack vehicle in terms of attacking the political right. So maybe they don't have time for the other entertainment stuff because they're too busy on the attack. I'm not saying they're better. I'm just noticing how these people play it. Meanwhile, the administration has played it terribly. The media is upset and the questions about Biden's future continue. Leland Vittert from News Nation now joins us next. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Here we go back. This is the moment. Tonight is the night. We'll fight till it's so it certainly has seemed like every single day since that first day we learned about classified documents. Somehow in the possession of President Biden, there have been more documents that have been found. And every time the White House tells us, no, 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 we're all done here, something else has been found. And then there's the conversation about why is it that it's Biden's lawyers that get to do the checking when it was President Trump, it was a raid because he said that some of the documents were his. Is Joe Biden not making that claim at all right now? No. But what if that were to change? Is that the only thing that can bring about a raid? And most importantly, does anybody believe that the story is honestly being portrayed to the American people, not from media, because I think media is just upset as just as upset as the rest of us when it comes to how the Biden administration is acting. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Leland Vittert joins us right now of News Nation. He is the host of On Balance with Leland Vittert. You can catch that Monday through Friday over at News Nation, newsnationnow.com. Um before we get into how the media kind of feels about this story, let's get into how uh, the White House has presented this story. Not everything all at once and getting it over with, but drip, drip, drip. That is, I mean, that's politics 101. You don't prolong the story. As a news guy, are you amazed with how the White House has shared this information with us? Yeah, they were supposed to be the competent, transparent ones, right? According to according to them, yes. According, according no, right, no. This, this is what I think is interesting: is one, one the scandal itself, right? Which is how, frankly, sort of dumb do you have to be to back in September and October uh, when the Trump document scandal was breaking and the Biden administration thought this was a cudgel they were going to be able to use for years? How hard is it to then? Send out a note to your people and say, hey, we need to double check and tie up some loose ends here. You could look, you can imagine that George W. Bush and Barack Obama are having their their staffs go through every everything in their house right now. Right. I mean, who, like who, and to be and to be fair, OK, who knows what gets packed in boxes. Right. I and mean, there, there, there's there's some leeway here. And who does the packing? Does it make it any better? No. But the fact that this was handled so poorly and then. It was clear that the White House was was being far less than candid, and that's the most generous way you can say it, uh, about what they knew and when they knew it. And what I think is most interesting to, to sort of put a, a circle on your intro is that even Democrats now, who in the very beginning of this were, were offering this full-throated defense of Joe Biden and were coming out and saying, look, you know, what Donald Trump did was so much worse and on and on and on and on and, you know, Biden is playing by all the rules. 
they're kind of nowhere to be found now. They're not criticizing him. But there's very few Democrats not associated with the White House who want to get out over their skis on this because the White House has shown there's more to come. That's just it. There's more to come, which goes about leading to questions of why is it that it's President Biden's lawyers who are looking through these documents, some of the lawyers who don't even have security clearances, they have to wait for another lawyer to show up and the DOJ in order to move forward if they find something, like we learned last week there at at the president's home in Delaware. Why hasn't the FBI moved on this? And I think maybe the bigger question, they've known this since November 2nd. Why didn't they move between then and now? It's a, it's a great question. The, the FBI investigates crimes, and I think you could make a very sort of clear case that the FBI did not have probable cause and didn't have a warrant. You couldn't get a warrant, at least based on what we know, to, to say, hey, there's all these extra boxes, which if you read the, the search warrant application, going back to when you and I were talking about the Trump case back in uh, August and September, they they had a confidential informant who said there were additional boxes. Therefore, they went and got a search warrant. Therefore, they were able to raid. So is it fair? No. Is it is it the way the law is written? Yeah. Um, and, and I to me, the, the, the lack of an FBI raid at, at the, you know, the president's current home in Wilmington, Delaware, you you could argue is a secure facility as it is. It's guarded 24-7 by the Secret Service. So it's a different – and a current president, there are different rules for current presidents than former presidents. What I, what I go back to what I think where Republicans are missing the boat here um, and, and never underestimate Republicans' ability not to capitalize on a scandal, right, um, is this, this comes down to the, the line and the obfuscations because when you w- listen to the White House – very clear either the White House counsel, the press secretary, or the president, or all three are not being truthful with the American people. That's the real problem here. And I, it, it, is, an, it is a problem which is completely indefensible. Talking to Leland Vittert of News Nation Now, NewsNationNow.com. And let's not leave this just on Republicans to capitalize on a scandal. The political left has done a dang good job of, of capitalizing on scandals. I want to try and... Oh, no, 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 look, the, Repu- the, the Democrats have done a great job capitalizing on Donald Trump's scandals, and, and to be fair, the media helps them a lot with that. But leave it to Republicans to completely step in it this weekend over the, the, the classified document scandal. You know, just, just go watch. Somehow Republicans always pick the dumbest among them to go on the Sunday shows and represent their views. Uh, and th- th- I'm not saying this is a partisan because uh, I'm not one. I'm a journalist. But you just watch it. And look, my job is to ask questions and to have people on and to, and to challenge them, as I always do you when you're on. And you love it so much. Um, but I don't mind. The, what? I don't mind. I'm good with it. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah but th- the fact of the matter is you know, Republicans put out Ron Johnson and a couple of other people who just completely screwed it up from a messaging standpoint this weekend. Totally. And it was, it was, it was, I guess, shocking but not stunning. Stunning but not shocking. I don't know. You pick. Um, so, uh, par for the course. If that's the argument, then par for the course. Uh, let me 
bring in now maybe a more of a personal conversation to this, especially as you see those in the White House press briefing room really grow in their disgust with White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre and how she's answering questions. Um, there is a bit of this story, this, this, these documents that are being found, that comes across as rather personal, that media... Uh, as a whole, we'll call it, mainstream media, if you want to call it that, seems personally insulted, not only by the scandal itself, but by how the White House is reacting and how they're being spoken to. Um, what is your take on how Corinne Jean-Pierre is handling this moment and, and where the press really is with this story? Because I, I get the idea of nonpartisan and journalists, but some of it, at least to me, seems to be smacking as personal. They seem angry in my view. Maybe I'm wrong. You tell me. Having sat in the White House briefing room a number of times and, and been there and know, know the press corps pretty well, there, there is nothing White House reporters hate more than being made to appear fools. And... I think what you're seeing is an anger that in the beginning of this scandal, they trusted the White House and they sort of got out over their skis defending how this was so different than the Trump documents. And now that they're being exposed as having sort of carried a little bit of the president's water and it turned out that it was pretty smelly water, they're not happy. Uh, and they and because also they everyone went all in on the Trump scandal. Um, you know the, the the nuclear codes were compromised at Mar-a-Lago rather than probably he was showing off the Kim Jong Un letters to the janitor. Um, that the White House press corps sort of feels a need to not be embarrassed, and they know that if they're not tough on this, that it is such a double standard, even they can't deal with it. Is, I hope that answered your question. Is the is the anger at Biden or at Corinne Jean Pierre or at the fact that they were not told that the story was kept that if it wasn't for this, I think it was CBS News that that got the story first. Uh, if it wasn't for that leak, we could still be not knowing about it. Is sure. So so is is the anger that the White House wasn't transparent from word go and we could argue that they haven't been transparent i don't think that's speaking out of school uh, even for a journalist it's obvious they haven't been transparent is that the issue or is 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 the issue that um they feel like they got played probably the latter nobody likes to feel that they got played and the there is a a sense i think and I don't think this is going too far, that Queen Jean-Pierre is so far out of her depth. And look, it's not her fault, okay? She took the job. It's the fault of the people who put her in the job and did so because they liked, they liked the intersectionality in the press release of the first gay black um, press secretary, okay? So, you know, she, she was, she's being used as much as anybody else is. Uh, and I think that there's sort of a general feeling that this White House is, has used up its goodwill with the press. And also remember, the White House press corps wants nothing more than access. 
and they don't get access to Joe Biden. You know, the, the, the briefing is sort of for, for Washington, right, and for people like you and me who follow politics and, and enjoy it. But where is a White House correspondent you make your real chops is by talking to the president. And say what you want about Donald Trump, but he was the most accessible president exactly. we had in modern history. Right. Um, when he, you know, he would work the rope lines, he would come into the briefing room, he would do all this kind of stuff. Um, and, and Biden doesn't do that. Uh, so I think there's sort of some frustration that White House, the White House press corps feels a little dissed and uh, a little sort of put out to pasture. So this is their, this is their chance now to, to make names for themselves and to be real journalists. And, and here you go. Um, and no, and I go back to nobody likes feeling that they were lied to. They don't, and, and as say what you want about liberal journalists, which there are many, but their reputation is more important and their, um, they're feeling like they're, they're getting a story is more important. And there, and there you go. Before I let you go, uh, it is uh, Leland Vittert of News Nation Now. Catch him every Monday through Friday over at News Nation on Balance with uh, Leland Vittert. And be sure uh, to get yourself the vest. I happen to have one. Fits like a dream. Uh, the, the, the great rumor mill people or the great conspiracy people. On the political left, it was, well, clearly the Republicans planted these documents. Clearly they planted these documents. But on the political right, not to be outdone, it's clearly Democrats planted the documents to be able to get Biden out of there anytime they chose. Leave those things to the side. How much <laughs> does this scandal hurt Biden in the conversation of 2024? With, with Democrats, with the left. It, 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 right. Yeah, it, it doesn't until it does. Right. Um, we, we've had presidents run for reelection during during scandals. OK. And one during scandals. And you think about Bill Clinton um, in, in 96 during during the Whitewater scandals and everything else. We hadn't gotten to Monica Lewinsky yet. Um, you think about uh, and I'm going I'm just trying to go through uh, my list of presidents. Uh, Obama ran during of uh, the Benghazi scandal and one. Uh, so it, every president's gone, you know, gone through scandals and, and run and, and won. The, the, the question you bring up, which I think is the more important one is how much does it hurt him? And it, it, it is a, it is another vulnerability. And the fact that he is not sort of able to deal with it and, and strongly deal with it, I think will make him Probably, probably more vulnerable. Democrats I'm talking to are very uh, upset's not the right word yet, but they're certainly they're certainly not all the way in on Biden right now. And it, it goes back to what I said at the very beginning of our, our time together, which is there's a lot of Democrats I talk to who even on television who normally would go all in on defending Biden and, and on and on and on aren't willing to go all the way there. And if you watch. Uh, them in Congress right now talking on talking on television. They don't go all the way in on defending Biden because they don't want to get out over their skis. And that says a lot. Leland Vitter, NewsNationNow.com is the site. Check out the show, News Nation. That is Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. 
is when you catch that on balance with Leland Vitter. That is the show. Leland, always a pleasure, man. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Could a small-town kid from a working-class home be able to do what I've been blessed to do? I grew up in Columbia City, the son of a factory worker and a nursing home cook. My parents worked hard every day to give me better opportunities than what they had. I was the first in my family to go to college, where I met my wife, Amanda, in the Indiana University College Republicans. I love my family, and I love America. That's why I decided to serve my country in the military. And with that video, Congressman Jim Banks introduces himself as Senate candidate Jim Banks. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Congressman Jim Banks of the Indiana 3rd District joins us right now, announcing today his candidacy for the U.S. Senate in the state of Indiana. Congressman, it's good to have you with us. Now, uh, full disclosure, uh, you've been on the show many times. Uh, I certainly enjoy the conversations. I happen to like you personally, but you run for Senate. uh, Questions have got to get asked, and sometimes those questions are a little rough and tumble. So let's start with the first one. You ran for House leadership. It didn't work out. Now you're running for Senate. How do you discuss this with Hoosiers about this not being political opportunism? Yeah. Hey, Tony, good to be with you. Excited to launch our campaign for the United States Senate today. Uh, Mike Braun announced uh, just a few weeks ago that he is running for governor, opens up the Senate seat. Uh, This was not an easy decision uh, for Amanda, our family. Uh, to go through. But we just feel strongly that Indiana deserves a conservative fighter in the United States Senate. And uh, the the timing is as such that the the Senate seat is open and we feel called to run for it. Uh, It's not about me. It's not about opportunities for me. It's about Indiana. It's about our country. I love America. I served in Afghanistan. I have three young daughters, as you know, and I'm I'm concerned about the the direction of this country and and uh, uh, where the country is heading, and I want to do my part. So if you get to move to the Senate, what can be done that can't be done in the House where Republicans have control? Yeah, you know, this is uh, this was a big part of our, our decision. We spent Christmas uh, holiday uh, really talking through uh, what, where we've been and, and where we think we need to go. Um, I've, I've had a tremendous opportunity the last six years to be a member of of the House, have been on the front lines, been the leader of the largest conservative caucus. And um, the, in the House of Representatives, we have the majority today, and I'm, I'm hopeful that we're going to use the leverage of that majority to uh, do whatever we can to fight back against the radical left agenda. But, Tony, so many times I, I watch the Senate and uh, just I, I see uh, too many times uh, Republicans in the Senate who go along to get along, and instead of the, the, the fighters that try to fight back against the, 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 the Democrat agenda. You saw a $1.7 trillion omnibus bill pass just a few weeks ago in the lame duck. Um, we, uh, you, we were unified in opposing it in the House, but uh, just not a, not a big enough fight against it in the Senate. So that, that's why I, I just believe Indiana deserves that type of uh, conservative. Mike Braun, by the way, has been a reliable, strong conservative voice for Hoosier Values in the United States Senate. In fact, he forced the entire Senate to vote on a balanced budget amendment. And that's the type of 
leadership Indiana expects out of their senators. It's the type of senator that I want to be, to be fiscally conservative, to fight to hold China accountable, to uh, fight on the important uh, cultural issues of the day, like like keeping girls' sports for girls. Those are all issues that I care about, that I, I just believe strongly that the Senate provides an even bigger opportunity uh, to, to, to fight for well, let us discuss in that cause than, than where we've been. Well, let us discuss where those opportunities are. Talking to Jim Banks, Congressman Indiana 3rd District, announcing his run for Senate, Banks, B-A-N-K-S, BanksforSenate.com. You talk about that Senate leadership. It seems pretty obvious to me you're talking about the leadership of Senator Mitch McConnell. You get to the U.S. Senate. Are you pushing back uh, against uh, Senator McConnell and his leadership in the Senate? Well, let me put it this way, Tony. I want to be a part of the next generation of, of conservative leadership. And I've, I've, I've been able to to do that in the House, but with Mike Braun announcing he's not running for Senate again, I, I, I believe that it's it's time in America for the next generation, for fresh conservative leadership. And again, I've, I've worn the uniform. I, I love my country. I love my state. And this provides an even bigger opportunity to go to the Senate and try to shake it up. I mean, I, I, just, I look over there and I just I believe... The Senate needs a shakeup, and uh, in Indiana, that we, we we are a conservative state. We deserve conservative uh, senators and representatives, and and uh, that, that's why I'm running. That's why I feel called to run, just because I, I I just believe this is a this this, this country is at a crossroads. The radical left has done so much damage in just two years with Joe Biden in the White House, and. We we either have uh, Republicans in the Senate who go along to get along, or we have Republicans who are going to use the power that they have. A, a, a single senator has a lot of power to to fight back and, and with the filibuster rules and different tools. That well, they let's have discuss to, to fight back even harder. Let's discuss, sir, the idea of going along to get along. Because here's going to be one of the hits, sir. This is a hit that's going to come directly at you. I only assume you've got a way of responding. You voted for Kevin McCarthy for Speaker of the House from the beginning. Even when your name was brought up as a potential speaker, you kept voting for Kevin McCarthy. If the fight is against going along to get along, how do you explain a vote for a guy who was seen by many as a go-along-to-get-along kind of person? Well, I, first of all, I don't, I don't think that uh, he is that type of person. And the, the, the rules that came out of last week uh, that empowers rank-and-file members takes, ma- makes the Speaker of the House less powerful, rank-and-file members uh, giving them more power. That's good and healthy for the institution, especially when we're talking about fighting back against the radical left agenda. So that came out of last week. Kevin McCarthy made a lot of those agreements to the rules packages even before we started voting uh, for Speaker. Kevin McCarthy also committed to do something I think is historic and will be a part of his legacy and this this, uh, Congress's legacy in the House to create a select committee on China to to for the first time in in uh, congressional history for the House of Representatives to name China as our greatest threat and to put a committee together to develop a whole-of-government approach and strategy to hold China accountable for what they've done to our economy, for how they gave us COVID, for the what, what they're doing to try to to try to control uh, the the rest of the world and diminish America and change our American way of life. So I like what I see coming out of the House of Representatives. Last week we we uh, we we passed other conservative bills, a pro-life bill to save babies who were born after botched abortions. Uh, we're off to a strong conservative start in the House, I'm concerned that there aren't enough conservative fighters in the Senate, and that's why today I'm kicking off my campaign for Senate. 
Talking to Congressman Jim Banks of the Indiana 3rd District, running for Senate in the state of Indiana, Banks, B-A-N-K-S, banksforsenate.com. I went to the site. Took a look at the issues. Of course, there's always uh, issues. And while you discuss uh, standing with Israel is on your list, uh, backing uh, the police is on your list, secure elections, uh, reducing the national debt. Number one on your list, it was the first thing listed, so therefore I call it number one, is secure the border. Secure the border is the most important thing to Hoosiers? I really believe that it is. Uh, What's going on at the border is the biggest humanitarian crisis in American history. And it's not just the millions of illegals who are flooding into our country with a uh, with a welcome sign and an open border that Joe Biden hung there when he reversed the effective Trump policies that secured the border. He opened the border wide open on his first day as president. It's also about the fentanyl crisis, Tony. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know that uh, I can find a family today who hasn't been affected by the drug crisis in America that's a direct result of uh, the open border. And that affects Indiana as much as anything. I mean, the communities that I represent, uh, big or small, the the rural communities all over northeast Indiana, the the flood of fentanyl into this country. Fentanyl is now the leading cause of death of Americans yours and and my age. And uh, that's a direct result of what's going on down there. And I I believe that what the Biden administration doing doing there is intentional and uh, is wrong. It's shameful. Uh, it's uh, it's a humanitarian crisis that we've got to stop and end. And, and Republicans have to use our, our, our leverage and the majority to do something about it. And we need fighters in the United States Senate who will make the border a, a, uh, a cause that is worth fighting for when it comes to spending deals uh, to, to force uh, the Biden administration to spend money on building the wall and securing the border. That would be one of my very top priorities. Before I let you go, sir, uh, in a race for Senate, uh, this Senate race got heated before you even announced with the Club for Growth putting out an ad campaign attempting to punch former Indiana governor and Purdue president Mitch Daniels directly in the face before he even gets into this race because it's been rumored that he may also run for the Senate. David McIntosh uh, of the Club for Growth um, and putting out this ad campaign saying he's the wrong kind of Republican for Indiana. If Mitch Daniels gets into this race, is Club for Growth correct that Mitch Daniels is the wrong kind of Republican? Well, look, Tony, I, I don't know if he's running or not. I, I actually called him last week to tell him I was, I'm was i running. I respect him. I learned a lot from him as a young uh, state senator at the end of his time as governor. And uh, I'm, I, I can only talk about why I'm running. I, I believe Indiana, being the conservative state that it is, deserves a conservative senator. I've been one of the most conservative members of the House of Representatives. I have a strong track record of leading the fight on the House floor on the issues that matter to Hoosiers. And that's why I'm, that's why I believe the Senate needs that type of of, uh, of of senator from the great state of Indiana. So I'm going to crisscross the state and make my case. I don't know who else will run. Um, it might be a very crowded field. I'm the first one in the race today. I'm excited to launch my campaign. Uh, go to banksforsenate.com. Help us out. Get involved. Um, I, I believe this matters to not just to Hoosiers, but to the future of our country. America is at a crossroads and. We need Republicans that that are going to fight back against the radical left, and and I'm I'm the one with the track record of doing that. Congressman Jim Banks of the Indiana Third District, I appreciate you taking the time running for Senate. Banksforsenate.com. 
man, there's going to be a race here in Indiana. Especially if Mitch Daniels gets in on this race. Especially if Mitch Daniels gets in on this race. And right now, I, I don't have an answer. I got lots of rumor and speculation and this, that, and the other. But Club for Growth coming after him the way they did? I mean, as as people have been talking, I think it's been Mark Lubbers, uh, who's a longtime confidant, is like, it's going to inspire him to, to run even more. Like, it, it, it isn't going to turn him away from running. Uh, that much I believe. That much I wholeheartedly uh, believe. I, I don't know Mitch as well as others, I, a little bit. A little bit is the way I would put that. Could get very fascinating in Indiana. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. I was talking a little bit earlier about some of the climate insanity going on, especially as there's been report after report, the UN, uh, uh, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, and others, um, we're not all going to die. Global warming isn't destroying us. As a matter of fact, temperatures are cooling. Now, for the people who renamed it climate change after global warming, they don't care. They can still go about trying to instill fear in your children, fear in you. We have to change this. We have to eliminate that. No more gas stoves. I love how the left is still talking about this. MSNBC had an article about the right is still freaking out over gas stoves. Are are you sure that's what happened? Because I think what happened is the American people said, oh, leave us alone already, you jerks. See that? See that? That's how you get to be a radio professional. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. You see, I know how to control myself. But then uh, there are people like uh, Senator Malcolm Roberts from Australia um, less uh, controlling his words. These lunatics in the United Nations and some of the large corporations who are benefiting and pushing climate alarm, they're essentially saying that this planet around us, this this speck in the universe, is controlled by humans. And it's absolute bullshit. And it's dangerous bullshit. Well, um, he ain't wrong. Of course it's dangerous. This is what we know, and they are amazed that we know, and they keep pretending we don't know, even though we do know how full of the bull. See what I did there? You see? You see, that's what makes a professional. It does make my radio stations freak out, and that is somewhat enjoyable. It's madness that they still think they can get away with the fear, but you must understand that they have in a lot of cases. I, I have children, in case you didn't know. I, I, I have, uh, uh, and I, I rarely talk about uh, my, my, my children and I, I don't use names or anything else. I, I'm trying to keep private as much as humanly possible for safety, really and, and truly. I have teenagers. And we talk constantly about what they're experiencing in school and, and they, while there, there's some of it that they see, they're not inundated with it. And certainly one of the things that has never happened to them is that they don't come home afraid that they're going to die from climate change. There are kids out there who do. It's awful. Think of the just the very concept, this global warming concept 
You don't really understand what it means. You don't understand how far-reaching it is. And you certainly, when you're told we need to stop these companies from polluting, you don't understand what the company even creates and how your life is better for it and where these balances are. There is no conversation of balance amongst the environmentalists. It is an absolutist conversation that creates a cultist mentality, and that's the part that is so frightening. Your kid is told, do this or we all die, and the kid comes home saying, mom, we have to do this or we all die, and the mom says, whoa, 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 we don't have to do just this. Picture that moment of confusion for a kid. My mom just said we don't have to do it. But if we don't do it, we all die. My mom wants everybody to die. There's no way my mom wants everybody to die. Those people can't be right then, but they just told me we have to do it. And look at the people screaming at me like Greta Thunberg that we have to do it. So not only do you have this this fear that gets created in children, but you get this this anxiety build and this, this clear advocacy from the environmentalists for the destruction of family by trying to cleave the child from parents who won't play along or worse the parents do play along that's right timmy we only have five years left to save the planet or you're going to die before you ever kiss a girl which by the way you don't have to do you kiss anybody you want i love you just the same which is fine but isn't the story about telling your child that they're going to die if they don't do something about global warming and there's nothing for them to do because as the data showing us that's not happening people who want to scare their kids man that is awful to witness awful to watch And plenty of people who want to scare other people's kids into their, well, cult. Well, how else would you describe it other than a cult? Talk openly and honestly with your children. It'll help them get through a lot. Find everything. TonyCats.locals.com. TonyCats.locals.com. Tomorrow, everyone. Take care.